Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? On this episode, we have the part two of our preview of round seven of the EuroLeague. We will go over the five games remaining after our part one of this preview. Make sure to tune into that episode as well so you are up to date with everything that you can expect from uh, this round or from the action of the, the EuroLeague. A reminder that we will be bringing you guys four episodes a week, two episodes recapping the action of the, the previous week and two episodes previewing the games ahead and the games that you will have in any given week. We will have plenty of early content for you. Make sure to, to share the, the podcast. We appreciate that so we can keep growing and we can keep you bringing you good content regarding the, the early. Next, we have a game between Milano and Valencia. Valencia was a team that we expected to, best case scenario, be fighting for the play-in. Milano was a team that uh, we expect to compete, to try to get into the Final Four. So far, very different story. Milano has one win and five losses. Valencia has five wins and one loss. We know that we can expect uh, Shields and Mirotic to combine for 50 points. And we know that that's about how many points Valencia will allow the other teams to, to <laughs> score in a, in a given game. What, what are the keys for this matchup besides the, those two factors? Uh, okay, so I think Milano having Mirotic and Shields, I think they have probably more talent offensively just due to those two guys. But um, I think Valencia is the more balanced team. So I think this matchup is going to be very interesting because we know defensively both these teams are very good and especially Valencia this season. Uh, so I wonder if that offensive talent that Miritic and Shields have will be able to, to surpass uh, Valencia's ability to defend because uh, Valencia's guys are not usually that consistent offensively. It's always different guys showing up. So I don't know how they're going to be able to match up against Mirotic, um, and, and I'm not saying in terms of guarding him, but as far as like the scoring ability. So I'm very curious about this matchup. I think it's going to be a, a high-level defensive game. I think it's going to be low scoring, but uh, I wonder if Milano uh, with Mirotic and Shields scoring ability, if they can be able to, to beat Valencia on a defensive game. I, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, I think that the ability of Milano to attack the basket and make use of their the, the good rim rollers that they have is one of the important aspects of this game because uh, Valencia ranks fourth in blocks per game and more than that, they just have the players that have the instincts to, to protect the, their basket and that's part of their defensive scheme and the way that they are playing the defense and being able to, to disrupt the other teams. They are just a very disciplined and very coordinated team defensively. And that's why they are giving trouble to every team that they face. We know that Milano has been having struggles so far. But I think this is a type of matchup that uh, Milano can uh, can thrive on. And even against this uh, high-level defensive team that uh, Valencia is. Uh, the fact that Milano plays big and... Uh, 
I think allows them and gives them a good chance to to face the physicality of Valencia. They will just need to be physical themselves. That's not really a concern that I have with Milano. We know that Shields, Mirotic, but then also the bigs that Milano have, they are not shy. They are not afraid of contact. They are not afraid of playing hard. That's not their problem. Their problem has been the way that they are producing offensively, the way that they are moving the ball, the way that they are finding good shots and putting themselves in a good position. In this game, I think that individual talent can be enough and can put themselves that even if they don't have the best offensive output that we would expect from a team like Milan to be having, for them to be able to do enough, they just... uh, they just need to really embrace that physical game that uh, we can expect from this matchup and uh, double down on it and just go all the way in because if they are not being able to produce at the level of the talent that they have, if they rely on their individual talent to be able to do just enough, but on the other side of the floor, defensively and even uh, offensively, if they embrace and double down on the physicality of a game that against Valencia that uh, we can expect, I think that's the way that uh, they are able to to impose themselves and to win this matchup against Valencia. And despite the terrible start of the season by Milano and the very good start of the season by by Valencia, I still think that Milano should be seen as favourites and uh, have a good chance to to win this game. And for me, and I will go first on the individual matchup this time around, uh, this is kind of an easy one. It's the matchup between Mirotic and Semi Ojale. They have been... The, they have been the best players for both of their teams in all the aspects of the game. In terms of points, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, total rebounds, the both of them have been the players that are dominating for, for both of their teams. I think that Mirotic is the better player, and uh, this is a key matchup. Is Ojale able to match the level that Mirotic plays? And uh, if he can do that, I think he really gives a good chance for Valencia in this game. If Mirotic is able to just be the dominant player that we know that he can be, uh, that will certainly be crucial for, for Milan. What about you? Well, I, I'm going to cheat here, like you did the <laughs> last game. Uh, obviously, uh, Mirotic and Ojale are part of my key matchups, but I have like a three-on-three here because I believe... All three of these guys can alternate defenses against the other three. And I have Shields, Mirotic, and Melly. And I have basically the front court for both teams. Shields, Mirotic, and Melly. And I have Sammy Ojale, Damian English, and Brandon Davis. Uh, I think all of those guys are have the ability to switch. And I think between, between those front courts, I think these guys are event, eventually all going to be matched up. So uh, I think I have that front court matchup as the the key factor here in, in this game. That will be a very fun three on three to watch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think that not, I agree with you with us that three on three being uh, being big part of how this game will evolve. And I I see uh, the ability of the Milano bigs to stretch Brandon Davis as something that can help. Milano on this game with players like Voitman and even Mali to be able to stretch uh, Davis and force him to not be as much on a point can be a way for uh, for Milano to also try to to create advantages for them and mostly we we need Milano to be playing at a, a better and a higher level than they have been so far. Diogo, I have a very serious question to make you. And we have answered to this before, whoever. But who are the, the our new listeners on this episode? And every episode we make, we have a few new listeners joining in. So first of all, welcome. Second of all, Diogo, 
who is the best team in the Euro League, Real Madrid or Virtus? <laughs> I love that Virtus is now in this conversation, uh, but I think it's clearly Real Madrid. Uh, no disrespect to Virtus at all, don't get me wrong. Um, they're having an amazing season and they are surprising me and I think surprising everybody, basically. But uh, I do think Real Madrid is by far the best team in the competition and uh, I think it's going to be very hard for somebody to dethrone them. But uh, yeah, but Virtus is doing an amazing an amazing job and so far they've been one of the best teams but uh, I think it's still going to take a while and I think they need they will need to continue to perform like this for me to be able to, to consider them as a, a top-tier team. I absolutely agree with you, but at the same time, this is the type of game that uh, a team like Virtus and a team that is playing the way that Virtus play can go into Real Madrid court and surprise them. How will that come about? We will need Virtus to be sharing the ball very well, as they do. Yeah. We will need Virtus to play very good defense, to, to give trouble to Real Madrid, as they are able to do it. And uh, we will need Virtus to be shooting the heck out of the ball, as they also have been doing, being the second best team of the EuroLeague in terms of three-point percentage at 41.3. If they are able to do all of that, and I think that they will be able to do all of that, this can be a very competitive game. And this is the type of um, letdown spots, and uh, for the ones of you that uh, like biting and like wagering, a team like Real Madrid... Uh, can at times come into these games uh, not with uh, the focus and the motivation that uh, they would. And this is a place where a team that is highly motivated and just performing at uh, as well as almost anyone. And obviously when I, I was doing this question to Diogo, I was setting him up because he <laughs> obviously will dance a Real Madrid and that is the right answer. And if you are new to the EuroLeague, or new to, to our podcast, Real Madrid is the best team of the EuroLeague so far. They should be seen as favorites. They are playing the best basketball. They have an incredible roster and they are the strongest team. I just think that uh, Virtus, at the way that they are playing, they give themse themselves a, a real chance to be competitive and to, to surprise Real Madrid on this game. Obviously, Real Madrid has the best team, the best roster, and they should be seen as favorites for this matchup. I will just take Virtus very seriously uh, heading to this matchup. Otherwise, uh, they might come up or might come out of the, this round with a surprising win and uh, in the leading the, the competition and uh, be one of the teams at the top of the standings. Very well. Let's go into individual matchups and you can go first on this one. Second in the MVP race, Toko Shengela. <laughs> versus Yabuzele. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, Shengela has been playing at an MVP level, of course. Otherwise, I would not have, had, I would not have him uh, second in my ballot. Um, but I think Yabuzele uh, physically ha has the ability to, to bother Shengela. And I think offensively, he is also a good player who can stretch the floor, who is physical. So uh, I think that could be a very good matchup there. Uh, I think Toko obviously has more arguments as far as being a playmaker and facilitating for others. And I think he will do that because I also think it will be needed because I think Real Madrid is a very good defensive team. And I don't know uh, how much impact Toko will be able to have as far as scoring the ball because uh, we, you have Walter Tavares protecting the paint uh, and even Poirier when he comes in. So it's going to be harder. But uh, I think Virtus uh, has enough pieces around him to, to give uh, Real Madrid a run for their money. And, and I think it could be a close game. 
would I bet on it being a close game? I don't know because, again, Real Madrid's team, they are so good. And with a guy like, I think Campazzo can be a, a huge difference maker here in this game because Virtus doesn't really have a, a true floor general. Like they have Cordinier play, uh, doing some of the playmaking, uh, Daniel Ackett. They, they have some guys doing that role, but they don't have a clear playmaker. And I think Facundo Campazzo can be a, a huge difference maker in this game. And I think that's the biggest advantage that Real Madrid has against Virtus. So you just stole my individual matchup. <laughs> I was going to talk MVP Cengeli against Yabusele <laughs> because I do think that's the, the key matchup for this game. But there is no problem. I will switch around and I will go with a different <laughs> matchup. And since Valinelli and Hackett are up there in age, they I will do something different and I'll go with the tag team of Hackett and Bellinelli against... And, and you're going to go Sergio Lula and Rudy Fernandez? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that will be a game for the ages. But uh, <laughs> uh, the ability of Hackett and Bellinelli to, to, to give trouble to a player like Musa on this game. So okay. if Virtus will win this game, they will need to, to find ways to slot on players like Musa, like Campazzo, that will give them trouble uh, in a matchup like this. If these players, these experienced players, are able to step up and to have good games, and this is the the type of games where the experience is crucial, because you were mean, you were mentioning Rudy and uh, Lul, and we have seen what <laughs> they have been able to do for this Real Madrid team, and even on their title run last year. This is the type of game where experienced players need to to step up and to show up, and if Hackett and Bellinelli are able to to be competitive against players like Musa on this particular matchup, and Musa or Campazzo, or, uh, both of them, th- that's the way that Virtus is able to, to stay on this game and to be competitive. Although the matchup between the Toko MVP Cengeli and Yabasele is certainly the matchup to watch and the matchup that uh, is more relevant for the outcome of this game. Alba Paratinaikos is the next game on the docket. And this is a game that I am particularly interested on. And I think it will be a game to be excited about and a game to watch. Why? Because Paratinakos haven't been performing at the level of their individual talent. And Alba playing at home will try to make this a high-paced game. We know that how they love to play in transition. And they will try to fight for this win. And this is a place that where if Paratinakos is not able to step up and to perform at a high level... Uh, Alba can steal this game, and this can be a very entertaining game in terms of scoring. For Paratinaikos, I think Mitoglu uh, and the, the bigs of Paratinaikos are the ones that uh, should in- try to impose themselves and to dominate this game. It's uh, an area of the game where Alba can have some issues, and uh, Paratinaikos bigs, and particularly Mitoglu, uh, are the, the players that we should be looking at for the Paratinaikos side to be able to impose themselves. But I mostly expect a high-paced game and a game that can be entertaining with Alba having a shot to, to conquer their second win. What about you? What are the keys for this particular matchup? Yeah, I agree with your point. I think Panathinaikos' bigs need to be dominant in this game. And we know Panathinaikos is usually the smaller team because obviously Lasort undersized and they don't really have another big. They have Basarowski, but he hasn't been impactful yet. Uh, but obviously Alba uh, also struggles on that area and they don't have the talent that Panathinaikos has at the four and the five. So that's definitely an area that Panathinaikos should explore. And, and then hopefully Juancho can, can start performing at his level. 
Uh, I'm very curious to see that. But of course, I think it's going to be a very exciting game. Uh, I think Alba uh, has a chance to to win. Obviously, Panathinaikos hasn't been able to perform as a group at the level that we expected them to. And Alba, they've been very competitive. They they've had a, a good win against Milano. So I think they are equipped to to give Panathinaikos some troubles and, and to to possibly win this game. We are in agreement there. Let's go to the individual matchups. And before you steal my individual matchup, I'll go ahead and I'll try to steal yours. And I will go. Sterling Brown, we have spoken about how he can affirm himself as a high-level player in the, in the early. And he has been showing flashes of that. I expect them to continue to do that on this game. And I don't think that Paratinakos is particularly well-equipped well to deal with him. So this is a game where he can try to impose himself. Sorry, but you can go ahead. <laughs> Man... I, I was literally go, I was literally going to say Sterling Brown and Grigonis because if Panathinaikos goes with a small ball lineup with Grigonis at the three, I believe it's going to be him. I was literally going to say Sterling Brown, uh, but I, I totally agree with you there. I, I think that's clearly uh, those are clearly two players that have a chance in, in this game to to have a a good game and to be very impactful for their team to possibly win. But uh, since you stole that from me, uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, Matt Thomas and Luca Villosa. I think those two guys with the shooting ability that they have uh, to be impactful for their team, uh, I think it's going to be interesting as well. I don't know if Kendrick Nunn is going to play, but uh, I think if Villosa does play and Matt Thomas on the other side, I think that could be a very interesting one too. We started to hear some rumors about Villosa eventually being on the way out. His agent said that he will be part of Paratinaikos team at least until January. But uh, I do agree that that matchup and the, the shooting ability of those two players it can be very impactful for this game. And we have other uh, parts of the game that will be very intri- intri- intriguing, like Tiaman against um, against uh, Mitoglu, for example, that yeah. will also be an important matchup. Next, we have a game between Barcelona and Red Star. These are two teams that have very talented rosters. And uh, while Barcelona has been consistent since day one, and their only loss was against Real Madrid um, in a very competitive game, they have shown that they are in contention to be seen as a top two team in the, the EuroLeague, and they will continue to fight for that. While Red Star is a team that starts giving signs of being bouncing back and uh, playing uh, better, what do you expect to see on uh, this particular game between Barcelona and Red Star? Well, it's something we talk about when we talk about these two teams: is consistency. On Barcelona's side, they have been consistent, and for Red Star, they haven't. So I think uh, who, whoever is more consistent throughout the forty minutes, and we know Barcelona is better suited to do that. I think has the best chance to win. I think as far as talent, these teams are kind of balanced. Uh, maybe Barcelona has a bit of an edge there, but I think Red Star is a very talented team. So they need to be consistent defensively and especially guard the three because Barcelona has an insane ability to shoot the ball. So I think Red Star needs to be uh, very consistent defensively and guard the three at a high level. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to have a chance, especially playing on the road. Can Red Star guard enough? That was one of my main questions with uh, this roster heading into the season. And that will, it's something that we will be able to see in this particular game against Barcelona. It is such a talented team. For me, there are two aspects of the game that will be crucial the offensive rebounding. Uh, Red Star has been quite of a good team on that aspect of the game. Uh, 
and that's a way with second chance opportunities that they can try to to be competitive and stay in the game against Barcelona and the three point shooting. We know how good or of a three point shooting team Barcelona is or tends to be, and if Red Star is able to step up their own performance from behind the arc, that's the way that they are able to stay on this game and to to be competitive themselves. We know that they have the players to be able to do it. They just haven't been consistent uh, at doing it. And uh, that consistency will certainly be needed to, for them to be able to go to Barcelona and to compete for the, the victory on uh, this game. In terms of individual matchups, surprise me and tell me that you are not going Napier against Lapra. <laughs> I was actually going to go Milos and Lapra. So, no, uh, sorry, Milos and Sadoransky. My bad, my bad. It was also guards, but the other guards, uh, the floor generals here. So uh, obviously Lapro and Napier, uh, both with an insane ability to score. That's going to be super exciting as well. Uh, but I think the, the most important guys here are going to be the floor generals and Sadoransky and Teodosic, because I think they're going to dictate what the team is able to do, uh, especially offensively. So I believe that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Two, two veteran guys, two high IQ players, uh, I think they can set the tone for what their teams are going to do in this game. For me, two players that won't match up against each other, but uh, that will be determinant for both of their teams. Jan Vesely and Rokas Giedraitis. Giedraitis' ability to space, to shoot from three, and to bring that and to add that to the to Red Star game. He has been a big part of the, the way that they play, and him being able to step up and to perform in this game will be a big part of Red Star having a shot. Jan Vesely is having a very good season so far. He's playing at a very good level while the bigs for Red Star have been more inconsistent and Vesely being able to impose himself on this particular matchup and to be able to play at a very high level will certainly be also an important factor for Barcelona to be able to dominate this matchup. We will end in France uh, and more particularly in Monaco. That is not France, but the team that plays on the French Championship. And in this game, this uh, game between two teams that uh, play in the French Championship, Monaco and Asvel. Asvel was able to conquer their first win on the previous round. Monaco, after the less positive start, they have been playing at a very high level and they won their previous four matches. Theoretically, and uh, it's not hard to see that Monaco will be seen as a favorite for, for this game. They have the superior talent, they are playing better, they have the best player on the court, or maybe even more than one player with arguments to, to be seen as such. So the hard question here is like, how can Aswell compete on this game against Monaco? While we know that uh, Monaco has the advantage and uh, is the team that needs to be seen as favorite. Yeah, I think energy is the, the key factor here. Uh, sometimes Monaco tends to be a, a team that kind of plays slow and it's not very energetic. And uh, even though Mike is doing a much better job this season, sometimes the ball does stick with him, even though the results obviously are amazing when he does have the ball. Um, I think if Asvel is able to, to play consistent defense and obviously they're going to bring the energy with Pozeco as the coach, uh, I think they have a chance to, to be competitive in this game because they've shown the ability to score the ball at a very high level these past two games. So if they are competitive defensively, if they are aggressive, if they can get some steals, uh, I think they, they have the chance to be competitive. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but I, I believe defensively trying to be aggressive is the is the best chance that they that 
is how they can get the best chance to to compete with Monaco because obviously Monaco is a lot more talented and they ha- they do have the best player on the floor and probably the second and third best players on the floor so it's going to be a tough game but if they come out with energy from the from the jump I think they have a chance yeah the as well ability to have that energy to attack the boards to to be a competitive team to be able to have second chances to create steals to to force turnovers into into Monaco is certainly crucial for them to be able to compete on this game but uh, for me and transitioning to the the individual matchups that will be in display on this game uh, we know how important the backcourt will be but for me Laverne uh, TLC Mike Scott being able to impose themselves in in the front court have the advantage if Aswell is able to, to win the front court battle on this game, that's for me where they will be able to be competitive on the, this game and their individual matchups against we know how deep Monaco is and we can just add names and players here on this particular matchups. But if these players and particularly these three players for Aswell are able to be the best on the floor on their positions, that's the way that Aswell has a chance to compete. And even though it might not be enough, but that's for me where they get the chance. For you, what are the, the most important individual matchups on this game? Well, I think Paris Lee is a very good defender for his size. So I think he has the chance to, to bother Mike James a little bit and they've played together. So they know each other. So I think Paris Lee has a chance to, to make life hard for Mike James, even though, of course, uh, I, would, I would not bet against Mike James because with the type of season he's having, uh, I would choose him against anybody in EuroLeague these days. So, But, but I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Two small guards who, who are going to be competing uh, the whole game. I, I believe whenever Mike is on the floor, Paris Lee probably going to be the guy guarding him at all times. So I think that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And Paris Lee is having a great season. He's averaging 6.2 assists and 1.8 steals per game. He's really uh, adding value to this Asphalt team. And that individual matchup will be one to watch and one that can be very impactful on the, this game between Monaco and Asphalt. This takes us to the end of this preview episode. We will be coming back next week with uh, our recaps of all the action and of all of these nine games, our review of the standings. Stay tuned, stick with us, uh, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at E20League so you don't miss out on any episodes that we release. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye guys, see you on next episode.